Soup Boys when he was another Skeda. And I'm Sal Skeda. There may be other soup-related podcasts out there. But none of them have as much cilantro as we do. Sorry, can we do that again? Hello can we do that again? Wait, 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 wait. Can you say chayote instead? Because we're doing caldo de res. Okay. Yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Soup Boys. My name is Manuel Esqueda. I'm Sal Esqueda. Oh, goddamn! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Soup Boys. My name is Manuel Esqueda. And I'm Sal Esqueda. There may be other soup-related podcasts out there. But none of them have as much chayote as we do. Mm, the vegetable thick, pear. Thick, as creamy it, chayote. It's known in Europe. The what was it called? The vegetable pear. Vegetable pear. It that's does kind of look That's like what it's pear. known as a by a man. Not Europe, well, Europeans too, but like, yeah, that's what English speakers call it, apparently, I found out. Vegetable pear. So for all of you furrowing your brows and like, what's a chayote? Well, what's a chayote? White people be like, what's a chayote? You just tell them, that's a vegetable <laughs> pear. And then chances are they're still going to say, well, what the fuck is that? <laughs> is that like a, is, is that a weed? I'm calling the police. Yeah, yeah, right. Oh, you're smoking vegetable pear? <laughs> I'm calling the police, Jimmy. Yeah, ever, since, ever since Timmy started smoking the vegetable pear, it's just been like, it's been so loud. He's been so I'll, loud. I'll He's just loud all the been... time. He's just been cursing at me consistently. I got to file a noise complaint on those eyeballs because my boy Jimmy <laughs> is loud from that vegetable pair. Uh, you might be asking yourself, why are these two fools talking about chayote? Or you yeah. may have guessed it. Or you may have guessed it. Today we're talking about... <laughs> maybe you guessed it. Or maybe Today you read the title of the podcast. Maybe you read the title of the podcast and you were a smart boy, but you're not a, but you're not a jerk. So you as long as you're not a proud you. boy, it's fine with me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're talking about caldo de res baby mm. caldo de res and there's a this is an interesting one because i always considered it a mexican soup but uh apparently i've been reading that it's from guatemala guatemala you know? soup yeah you know when you told me about that the first time i was actually i was i remember i sounded like i was surprised oh no no i wasn't surprised i i asked you for salvadorian too because actually the salvadorians also have their own version of the uh of the caldo de res mm-hmm. and which i've what i've noticed from eating all three of them is that they're all kind of the same i mean it's a beef soup you know it's the, yeah, it's I guess the same except the unif- for the starch. The starch is the really unifying, one of the only differences. The unifying thing is the chayote, I guess. They all even have chayote in it. Yeah. Though I never ate my uh, caldo de res with chayote. Chayote is wild, disgusting. No one likes chayote. No one likes yeah, it's chayote. Just, it's just in there. <laughs> it's just in there because it grows in Mexico, and we had it, and the Aztecs needed calories to survive. Yeah. <laughs> or the Guatemalan Indians, I guess. <laughs> the Guatemalan natives. Uh, I'm, I'm sure the Aztecs ate chayote. Maybe they weren't eating caldo de res. Oh, totally. Yeah, 100% but, they ate chayote. Like. But yeah, they 100% ate chayote. The most disgusting <laughs> squash. <laughs> maybe if it maybe it's just been prepared wrong for us. You know, yeah, most likely. I'm going to I'm going to go get it. I got to go get a big bushel of chayotes. In case you don't know like what a chayote looks like, it kind of it's called a, fr- a vegetable pear, I guess in English because it does look it's pear-shaped. Yes, mm-hmm. Manny. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know you needed confirmation. It's pear-shaped. I, w- yes. I was waiting for it. It's pear-shaped. <laughs> right now, if I was Chef Gordon Ramsay, I'd be like holding one in one hand and then I'd toss it in the air and catch it in the other. And Have you ever noticed how, how Gordon Ramsay does that when he's talking about an ingredients, the way he fidgets around? Yeah. It always bothers I haven't, me. But... He like He like throws it in one hand and then like shakes it and points it at you and then tosses it up in the air and catches it. I, for- I forgot what comedian said it, but he said like, you know, like, uh, can we just agree that... Uh, Shaking your nuts is like a white people thing to do, <laughs> by what? which he means like like a like a bunch of like edible nuts. You know what I mean? Like holding nuts, holding nuts in your hands and just shaking them before you eat them. 
It's like a white people thing to do. I've never shaken my nuts. Yeah, I'm too busy. Like I'm too busy looking over my shoulder. <laughs> to, to shake my nuts exactly yeah i'm too busy listening listening up for danger to shake my nuts mm-hmm, mm-hmm. oh where yeah, was i anyway yeah the the chayote um so that's why gordon ramsay shakes his yeah ingredients. yeah so it's yeah so it's pear shaped and it's like and it's got some like it's got like wrinkled seams at the top and bottoms mm-hmm. you know would you say like kind of it's a light green color light green color yeah when you break it open it's very solid inside um i've actually eaten it raw it's not that bad raw. Oh yeah. It has kind of a yeah. It has kind of a mellow, like it's a very like crispy. It's a very crispy, um, crispy, but not super starchy squash. It's kind of like a okay. zucchini, but a little bit firmer when you eat it raw, okay. and a little okay. bit like a little bit sour, a little bit sour. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of those vegetables that like smells bad and tastes bad, but I think it's mostly because you know moms. Uh, every Latin moms everywhere are to just don't really know how to cook them, but they they know that they their mom probably cooked it too, so they try to cook it. You know? Yeah, yeah, it's like putting raisins in the stuffing. You know, everyone put raisins in the stuffing, so now I put raisins in my stuffing. Even though I'm not even a hundred percent sure as to why or how to put the raisins in the stuffing. So yeah, you know, for traditionality, if you want to put the chayote in your caldo de res, you know, go ahead and do it, but don't like don't blame us for anything that happens afterwards. You know, that's not our fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the beautiful things about cooking your own food as an adult is you can take off the ingredients you never liked as a kid. Though nostalgia is a very interesting thing, you know what I mean? Yes. Uh, sometimes I'll buy those those cookie tins, the the blue cookie tins, you know the ones I'm talking about, so? Mm-hmm. Just because uh, they don't even have the best cookies, but they remind me of youth, of uh, youth. And those I mean, hon- honestly, I I've gotten I've had those cookie tins too. I don't think they're that bad. They're not bad, but they're not like, "Oh, these cookies are so good." I, I had a roommate that loved cuz those are German, right? I don't know. Uh, probably they're like yeah. European. I just I associate I associate them to Mexico. To be honest, you associate them to our German. grandmother. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. She I associate them all the time. Yeah, yeah. In case you don't know, we forgot what they're called, but they're like these like they're like these sugar cookies that come in like a blue tin, and they there are like all different size shapes, like a pretzel shape and a round one and a baton. But they're all basically the same cookie with like with like sugar on top of them. And they're really they're crummy. royal dansk. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, royal dansk. I had a roommate cookies. that like that that was really into those, and he was describing them to me, and he was just doing the worst job, but he fucking loved those things. Like that was his jam. How did he describe them? Just the worst. Like, <laughs> How did he was also the worst royal roommate I've ever had. Who I hate. Like shout outs to you, Matt. Go. <laughs> I hope you're eating a dick in hell right now. But um. <laughs> anyway, uh, Danish butter cookies. <laughs> yeah, Danish butter cookies. That's what he called them. Yeah. Well, the, the 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 blue tin says Royal Dansk Danish yeah, butter cookies. Yeah, and cookies, I never knew like, they were called Danish way, butter that, cookies. That'd be the last words I used. But yeah, he was just describing them how they were like different sizes and different kinds, and like he was just an idiot. So like he just couldn't describe it. They're all the, they're all pretty much the same size. They're different shapes. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Different shapes. In a blue tin, mm-hmm. and then when they were done, your grandma would put her sewing supplies in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your abuela, <laughs> your nana would put the sewing supplies in there, and then you'd be mad hype when you see it, and then very disappointed. Yeah. So after describing these cookies to me for days, like one day my man finally pulled out a box, and it was like, "Oh, these cookies. Yeah, the the grandma's house cookies. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Or like the strawberry. Yeah, um, be like, I had these. The They're not that great. The strawberry your candy. childhood was bunk." <laughs> Yeah, exactly. They're not they're not great, but I just enjoy them for the for the nostalgia. Mm-hmm. So uh back to Calderes. Back to Chayote. Back to Chayote. <laughs> uh 
Um, and then the, like the main description of caldo de res, I know it's actually it's it's kind of very similar to a uh, chicken noodle soup too, you know. Well, it's a bone broth as well. Yeah, it's a bone broth, and then it's also got carrots in it, and it's got some onions, mm-hmm. which are also like some of the ingredients you put into the uh, into your broth, into chicken your stock. Soup. Yeah, into your stock and your chicken soup. Yeah. yeah. You know, what I noticed is like putting avocados in it. Is that? Do you think that's super commonly done in Mexico? Was that just us that we didn't get a lot of? I don't avocados think that's a Mexico thing as much as it's. I don't think it's a Mexico thing as much as a California thing. No, no, no. If well, it's a, in Guatemala, in Mexico, that's how they serve it. Oh, yeah. I was about to say, if someone did it in Mexico, it was probably just like a fancy thing to add or something. Well, like that. Guatemala, traditionally sure. in Guatemala, they do add avocado in it. But in Mexico, is it traditional to add avocado to your caldo de res? Um, in Mexico, traditionally, you don't have a, add avocado to anything because it's, it's usually more expensive. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, yeah, true that. And actually, and I've ordered caldo every de time, res. Every time I added an Mexico. avocado to, every. Every time I added an avocado to something growing up, I was being fancy. Yeah, you know what I yeah. mean? Like I was like, "Ooh, look at me! I got an avocado. Ooh, ooh baby. rich man's then, butter. Yeah, exactly. It's green like money. It's green like money. Even though the money in Mexico is pink and purple, actually. Uh, shout outs to Mexico for getting rid of Frida. Shout outs to Mexico. Diego Rivera, I guess. Sad face. They're getting rid of him, so actually, no shout outs. Shade, shade. Well, Mexico. no, I mean, in one hand, they're getting rid of Diego and Frida uh, after five hundred dollar bill, but they're putting. They're moving up the the first uh, indigenous president of Mexico, who used to be in the five dollar in the like the five dollar bill. I forgot. That's cool, see. but he was on. But so who's gonna be on the five anymore? We should talk about soup right now. We can talk about this on hot soup. Okay, whatever. We'll talk about this later. But uh, yeah, Mexico's changing their five hundred dollar bill to something else. Yeah, because we're already at ten minutes and we haven't really talked about chayote. About oh, let's soup keep. Yet. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. So Carlos de Res, like Sal said, has a. Has corn in it, potatoes, carrots, yuca, squash, and cabbage. But the yuca is in the Guatemalan version. If you go to Mexico, it's replaced by potato. Potato, which I think is much better. Oh, definitely much better. But you know, I mean, I, it just depends where you grow up because they're actually they're very similar. I've had the I've had the caldo de res with yuca because the uh, <laughs> the Salvadorian version of the dish also has yuca. Mm. What's your opinion on the cabbage? I'm all for it. I like personally. the cabbage. Yeah, you like it? I'm all for cabbage as long the only thing like the only thing with cabbage is that it's pretty awful once it's like once it's like really overcooked, it can be pretty bad. Mm-hmm. But a lot of things are bad when they're overcooked, you know? And what's your opinion uh on putting lemon on this soup cell? As it being Latino uh, as it's as, as it is a Latino dish, you know that people will be putting lemon in it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't like I don't as with with lemon, like also just one of those not too much things. You know, it's a dish that does go with lime and it's traditionally served with lime or lemon. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you squeeze a little bit in there, there's nothing wrong with that. You're rounding out the flavor. Like I said, it's always good. I feel like with, with this soup, like many other soups, this soup is kind of like a it's kind of like a Mexican ramen without the noodles or, or a Latino. Let's call it Latino, a Latino ramen without the noodles, you know? Yeah, Latino, definitely. It uh, is because it's, it's the broth and then it's got different components. You have a slow cooked meat component that's in there. You have different vegetables. And I mean, sometimes when you get it, it can, it can all be thrown together in a, in a bowl, you know, and stirred up. But you could also arrange everything on the plate nicely, you know, just kind of like a ramen dish. And it would be very similar. Mm-hmm. And you should eat it like a ramen dish. Like take the spoon and have like a sip of the broth and contemplate that, you know, and try <laughs> to see what the seasonings are. Inhale it. Maybe try like a little piece of potato or a little piece of carrot next and season it out and like and get it to that perfect point for yourself, you know. Rather than being a savage, just adding a bunch of like squeezing a bunch of limes and chili and chili oil in there and like stirring it all around before you even taste it or know what it's like. Mm-hmm. Definitely. 
the other way did you read also one of the other traditional ways like in mexico you usually just get everything all put together in the bowl right yeah the soup is just together and so in the salvadorian version when i've ordered it it's the same way apparently in guatemala you get um you get the broth served to you with the meat in it and then all the other accompaniments are taken out and they're served to you separately on a plate that's very that seems like very asian cooking um yeah 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 kind of kind of asian yeah Obviously, it's not right, but but it reminds me of like Asian cuisine, especially with noodle dishes. How like the 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 accompaniments will be separated for you to put on in in your own, you know? Yeah, yeah, and it's interesting because like with also like with ramen, there is a version of the ramen where you get the where you can order like the the fan. There's a fancy one that you can get, or I guess a more expensive one at some of the ramen houses, at least in San Diego over here, the traditional ones. Um, you get the bowl with the noodles in it, and then all the all the stuff that goes inside the bowl is given to you on the side. Mm-hmm. And you like add it in yourself, or like eat it piece by piece, you know, because it's too much to fit into the bowl. Yeah, especially if you get like a, well, like it's such a hearty soup. Like you get like a literal chunk of corn, and then you know, normally you're supposed to get like some meat with some bone in it too. You know, you're supposed to get a bit of bone, and like, and you got the potatoes mm-hmm. and the carrots. It's hard to fit all of that into a bowl of soup sometimes, you know. Yeah, yeah. And from what it looks like, it looks like different cultures use a different type of bone, a different cut of meat. Like it looks like Guatemalans like to use a a uh, a more like less fatty, like kind of kind of sirloin piece. Let me see, what was it called? It was the. Uh... And they also had they also had acorn squash to theirs occasionally in Guatemala. Acorn squash, okay. Acorn squash, yeah. Not ch- I don't think I I actually did not find any I didn't I didn't find chayote appearing in the uh, Guatemalan. Did you find that the Guatemalan a uh, Guatemalan recipe that had chayote? Mm. No, actually, now you mentioned it, I didn't. Yeah, you said it was across all of them. You should probably like, go back and take that out. But yeah, the chayote yuca, is yuca is is usually yuca is in Guatemala. Yeah, what I find and, in Guatemala and acorn squash. The Mexican right. version has chay. The Mexican and Salvadorian version have chayote. The Salvadorian version does have yuca in it, but the Mexican version has potato. Uh, no, it ha- it uses the Guatemalan version uses guillosquil, which is chayote, which is chayote. In- oh. Okay, so they just call it something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, or they use guicoyes, guicoyes, which is another form, which is another squash. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So everyone has their own regional squash that they use, basically. Mm-hmm. Zanahoria. What the? What language is Zanahoria this? Zanahoria is a carrot, man. No, no, no. I'm, I'm just looking at the way it's spelled. <laughs> is this in Portuguese almost? Este platillo puede haber sido introducido. No, this is in Spanish. The ingredients are just there. The ingredients even have umlauts in it for, for this for this recipe that I found. Ooh. So yeah. So I noticed that like in um oh, in wait, uh, Spanish, the other cultures Spanish does have use... umlauts. My mistake. <laughs> okay. I noticed the Guatemalans like uh like. Tend to use like sirloin steak with the fat removed. Mm-hmm. I'm all about that fat, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. The fat's good, but it's not so good when you simmer it. You know, fat's nice when you sear it. Mm-hmm. And you like the and you like the marbling and the collagen on your meat because with something like this, you want it to kind of fall apart. But I guess you don't want it to fall apart too much because whenever you have the caldo de res, it's kind of a thin. It's a thin stock. You know, it's not a super. It's not like a thick, like really collagen-y, stewy broth. Definitely, yeah. You get a lot of that uh, that um really hearty flavor from the bones, mostly than mm-hmm. from the meat and from the bone marrow. And then also, of course, the the chamba the chambarete is the one that we use to make the to make the caldo de res in Mexico. Chambarete. 
Chambalete is the it's a cut of meat, also known as the beef shank. Ah, okay. So it's kind of that. I believe it's off the leg bone. You yeah, know, I it's think that so straight too. steak with the round bone in the middle that has the marrow. Yeah, that round bone that you would suck on and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And actually, growing up, I remember grandma, our grandmother. Yeah, our grandmother introduced us to bone marrows. Mm-hmm. Through the probably Do you through remember this that? Soup, Do you I remember think. eating bone marrows growing up? Did you like them? I forget. Oh, I, I love bone marrow. Oh my god! And remember, grandma showed to us. She was like, "Yeah, it's called the tuetano in Spanish." Yeah, tuetano, exactly. And yeah, she said some people don't like this, but some people pull this out and they like eat it on a spoon or they eat it in a tortilla. And she let us taste it. And it was like it's like it became the most delicious thing. I was like, "How can some people think it's gross?" I guess because it's like this gooey, like white gelatin that comes out of the middle of the bone. Well, it's this strange um, thing with a lot of people. Like Steffi suffers through this, right? Where it's like um, she likes meat. But she doesn't like to be reminded that she's eating meat. Oh yeah, definitely. You know That's what I mean? A lot of people like she won't like she eat she likes chicken, but she does not want chicken on the bone. You know? Well, I've got a friend that has food phobias that are so bad, like has issues so that are so bad with that that it actually triggers her to like with that, and she like she starts thinking about her medical phobias when she sees like things like that. Yeah, I mean, if you start, and thinking- she's actually working through. She actually she's in she's in therapy, and one of the things that her therapist had her do. Like she had to carve a chicken this week. Oh damn! Yeah, she had to go to the market and because she, she's got it, she's doing. She's going through some therapy where she's facing her fears, you know. Mm-hmm. And they, they, her, her therapist made her go to the market and get a chicken. And and before that, she had to watch like videos of people carving chickens. So she had to watch like chicken carving tutorial videos and learn how to do it. Mm-hmm. And then she actually had to go to the grocery store and do it. Damn. But then she didn't cook it. She came and gave me the chicken. <laughs> <laughs> she couldn't cook it through in the end. Well, she, she carved it. Good it. for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, that that's more than like she could have done like last year. You know. Shout out to you and and, yeah, yeah, she and fighting through your like, mental yeah. health and, and uh, figuring yeah, yeah. out your mental health. What's Issues. it called? Um, but yeah, like Steffi has that issue, so I could see why someone could look at that bone and be like, "Ew," you know. But for me, it's always been flavor is always superseded. Flavor is always superseded. Uh, uh, aesthetic for the most part you know you know but and there's but and, and as a chef i i feel like there's no reason why that should but i understand what you mean it's it's important for things to taste I, you mean aesthetic by like yeah yeah i guess not like how it looks on the plate but like oh no no yeah i mean like it's like like think about like let's think about chapulines you know like eating chapulines you know i don't like chapulines i'm not a huge fan of it either but I, you I'll, love I'll those munch things. On them. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> but I'll munch on them. You know what I mean. But it's chapulines like, are fried crickets, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think they taste good, so I'll eat them. You know, but some I people think they they have such a distinct smell that I just can't get over. They just smell like 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 nuts. Like chapulines, no. They smell like chapulines. You smell like a you smell like a chapuline fool. Let's, let's talk about bone marrow. Cállate, chapulín. The bone marrow <laughs> is actually in caldo de res. Watch the chapulín colorado. Mr. Chapulín. <laughs> Chapulín. Te lo sico. <laughs> another thing real quick before you before we keep moving forward. Another thing that uh that I don't know. I was trying to move forward. I'm still trying to talk about bone marrow. Ah. Uh, well, before you we, let's talk about bone marrow. Screw it. Bone marrow. <laughs> what were you gonna say? I was gonna talk about the red rice, but we can jump in on that later. Oh no, we can't go into red rice here. We're still talking about bone marrow. That's why I said let's talk about bone marrow. <laughs> it's just like yeah, so you take it out of the middle of the bone and it's just like the gelatinous little center that's like just such a pure concentrated like essence of beef, you know? Like you're eating the pure soul of the cow. Rich in iron. Unless you eat the mm-hmm. heart, you're not gonna get any more iron. And I just want to make a or point that I, like I noticed, I remember when bone marrow got gentrified. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the gentrification of bone marrow. Yeah. 
Now you'll find oh. um like bone marrow in like high class diners with let's and they, you can scoop it with a spoon and stuff like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me see. In like high class gastro pubs. Let me take the bone marrow with the uh, with the uh, stuff. I'm such a I'm such a I'm such a broke boy. I can't even think of fancy things to say about that. Yeah. There it is. Fergus Henderson. That's the name of the chef that like started popularizing bone marrow. Fergus Harrison. Henderson. Yeah, he was a he was a chef. I read a, I read an article about him like so so I had been eating bone marrow my whole like my whole childhood. Did you uh, also like uh break the the chicken and eat the bone marrow and the chicken legs and oh, stuff? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been going in on that, but like yeah, that wasn't that wasn't a thing, but then I I remember I saw that there's this there was a chef in New York. I saw Fergus Henderson when I was like in my early teens um, in high school. So Fergus Henderson, the chef in New York, had been popularizing bone marrow. He'd been serving. He started serving roasted bone marrow with a Parsi salad mm-hmm. in his restaurant. And I was like, oh, hmm, look at that. Like bone marrow is now fancy food like this. This thing my grandmother showed me like I'd been eating bone marrow this whole time. And it's like, oh, look, white people discover quote unquote, discovered bone. marrow. <laughs> discovered this bone marrow. Yeah, right. Good job, Christopher Columbus. Yeah, and then and that's all I have to say about bone marrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I remember. Um, you can ask Julian about this. Do you remember that um that Chinese restaurant in the Price Center? Oh yeah, where we would get perdiz con hongos. Oh yeah, <laughs> one <laughs> Best time like, Chinese food in the valley. If you ever the Imperial what? Valley, hit up the set, the Imperial Valley Price Center and get to get yourself some perdiz con hongos. I hear I hear the Price Center is closing down though. That's sad. No. Oh well. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. If the, as long as that Chinese food is still there, man, it probably won't be. But yeah. I mean, you know, they had a good run. They had a good run. Um, but yeah, it's like, not like we would, live over like, there I anymore, would sometimes so like buy. I would sometimes buy like um a Tupperware of that because they give it to you in a like not a Tupperware like a container of that and take they it give to it Julian's to you in one of those like styrofoam boxes. Yeah, exactly. And I would take it to Julian's house, and the first time he saw me eat it, he was like, "That's a lot of food," and I'm like, "Yeah, just you wait." <laughs> And then it was just like a pile of half bones, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I would like munch on the bones and stuff, and then like, <laughs> and, and and every time like I would eat that with like ne- next to Julian, and then somebody else saw that Julian would always be like, "You see that bowl? Just you wait, man. He's gonna turn that into like a quarter of what this once was." <laughs> ask Julian. Ask Julian. How does Manny eat the price center the, the price center chicken Chinese food? <laughs> oh, he knows how you eat the price because he he's seen me eat chicken too, man. <laughs> Oh, he's he's aware of the esqueda, the esqueda. He knows how we tradition. eat chicken. Yeah, <laughs> there's not much left at the end of it. Yeah. So what I was gonna ask before about the rice, did you did, does the Guatemalan version have red rice in it sometimes or like red? The rice Guatemalan on the version does have rice. I found in my in my in my um, research, and it's called Guatemalan rice in theirs. Hmm. Is it red? Um. Let's Google shit, Guatemalan second, rice. I had found out. Yeah, yeah. Fresh made with corn tortillas. Oh, no, just as Guatemalan rice on my thing. It actually doesn't describe the rice. Guatemalan rice does not look to be red. So both dishes are served with the, with rice, our own like most traditional rice dish. And it turns out the Guatemalan one is not red because it probably not doesn't have a tomato base like the Mexican rice. Like the first recipe on allrecipes.com. Oh, I see. It's more of a red. pilaf. It's kind of like a... Yeah, yeah. The Guatemalan rice seems to be just kind of like a simple pilaf with like... um. The first, like yeah, carrots the, and peas in it. The first like res- result uh, uh, for Guatemalan rice for me is red, but literally everything else is white. So, someone yeah, and the Guatemalan sh- rice is by is it by a white website called All Recipes. I never I never take ethnic recipes out of allrecipes.com. 
Yeah, it looks like it has great long grain rice, oil, the vegetables, carrots, celery, peppers, etc. Do a search pepper. for arroz guatemalteco. Ah, uh, that's better. Arroz guatemalteco. And there we go. If we go on YouTube to Ivonne's Kitchen, I'm sure you want ajos, consomme de vegetales, white rice, water. Yeah, no tomato sauce. So it's not going to be red. Arroz mm -hmm. guatemalteco is not red. They use uh, chicken stock or stuff like that instead of water, though, which is nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was gonna say. It looks like a it looks like a like a simple rice pilaf with peas and carrots. And yeah, you just mm -hmm. use with like a because that's what I noticed. It does have. It's not like just a, a pure white color. So yeah, whereas the say, Mexican like they use chicken the, stock. Whereas the Mexican caldo de res will use uh, the Mexican red rice. Mm -hmm. Tomato based one, and you can get that on the side or put it into the soup and stir it around. Different people eat it differently. I like to put it in the soup. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like to put a little bit in the soup, but but then I also like to like have it on the side and like take a scoop of rice and then put the put my spoon in the soup and then scoop it into my mouth. <laughs> Dip a tortilla in there. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um. So, well, do you got any any memories, Sal? Any any? Uh... I mean, geez, so many memories. Like, I just like it's like <laughs> how many I, memories this, this can was, you think this of? This is a very common. This was a very common meal that we ate growing it's up. Like you a know? Vietnam flashback, if you start prepared by like yeah. This is the, I've had the I've had a variation of this meal probably prepared by like every woman that's ever taken care of me my entire <laughs> life growing up. You know, my grandmother, <laughs> my person. mother, my aunts. Like any an of the babysitters, an, an assortment of cleaning ladies, an assortment of cleaning ladies. Yes, they have. I have had all your caldo de res, and, and, and it and always tastes you. the same. You know what? It always <laughs> fucking tastes the same. We thank I've you. Noticed. We we thank you from the bottom of our, of yeah, our chubby Latino our hearts. hearts. And like somehow, and I've had the Salvadorian caldo de res and the Guatemalan caldo de res, and and other than the yuca or like the red, it tastes the fucking same. Yeah. They all taste the same. This caldo de res always tastes the same. How does it always taste the same to me? No matter where I've had it, it's always tasted the same. And yeah. by the same, I still mean delicious. Yeah, exactly. Have you noticed that? Do you notice? Do you, do you feel I like agree. did anyone agree. make did anyone have a better caldo de res or a worse one? Like they all taste the same. Yeah, they I mean it's not a it's not a hard dish to screw to screw up, you know? It's like I mean the only thing the only way you can screw it up is just by overboil overcooking the vegetables and just yeah. having them like they turn into mush that just falls apart in the plate but that's actually that's never happened with anyone that's ever cooked me caldo de res or any caldo yeah. de res i've cooked or had you know yeah 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 exactly but that's theoretically something that could happen to you because yeah. you're yeah. An amateur <laughs> <laughs> yeah for real and i'm i'm pretty much on the same boat as you you know like mm -hmm. <laughs> consistent memories of having caldo de res Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, it's a, it's a delicious dinner with some tortillas. You get the corn. The corn is dope, you know? <laughs> the corn is dope. You get the... you When you when you have the corn of the caldo de res, you take it out and you take bites out of it. And then, like, did you ever put, like... You know how you, like... You, you eat all the kernels off the ear of corn and then you have that nasty, like, corn sponge husk. You, di like, you, dip, it, you dip it back into soup and suck on it? You dip it back in the soup and suck on that. <laughs> like, yeah. a, like a savage? Like, hell yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, I've done yeah. That. I think that was our grandmother's idea too. It might have been. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Family of savages. Mm -hmm. You want to throw a recipe at us before we go, Sal? Yeah, before we go talk about this wild pig Kavanaugh. Hell yeah. Mm. On hot soup. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, so to make the this is this is how I this is how we would make the Mexican the Mexican caldo de res. So you need two pounds of the shank bones, of the shank. Two pounds two of beef shanks. Two pounds yeah, of yeah, shank. Yeah, with the with the bones in. And they're going to be sliced like about an inch thick. 
It's going to be about two quarts of water, probably a little more, half an onion, two cloves of garlic, two carrots peeled, one potato peeled, an eighth of a head of a small cabbage or a quarter, you know, one ear of corn husked and cut into four to six pieces. Don't slice off the kernels. Leave them on there. You need half a teaspoon of Mexican oregano. Uh, you need a tablespoon of fresh chopped herbs. Um, you know, epazote, a little bit of cilantro and parsley are mm-hmm. what I recommend. Um, and you're going to salt and pepper that to taste. So you're going to heat your pot. You're going to heat the pot. You're going to put the oil in. And you're going you're gonna to simmer. I'm sorry. You're going to sear your shanks on both sides. Mm-hmm. Salt and pepper. Oh, you sear them first then. I mean, always sear everything. You know, traditionally, like, they're not always going to sear it. You know, it's not always done. Like, that's not a technique that's always used in Mexican cooking where you sear meat before you stew it, you simmer it. But it's never a bad idea because it builds flavor and you're going to get that myelinization effect where it browns the beef, you know, and leaves, like, the crusty stuff on the bottom of the pot. That's called fond. So when you add the, when you add the water, like, that's, like, extra concentrated beef umami, you know? Yeah. That you want to get into your soup to make your superior caldo de res, which is at the end probably still going to taste the same as every other caldo de res out there. I think there's a caldo de res ghost that just goes (laughs) into every pot of caldo de res and like just infects and and haunts it, you know? Yeah, definitely. So um, you're going to add water and cover and simmer that for like an hour until the meat is tender. Okay. You're going to pour off the broth and reserve it. Or you're gonna well, you're gonna take out the meat and put it on the side for a minute. Okay. Like at this point, you want to skim the, you want to get rid of the fat. You can skim it off the top if you've got time. I like to put when I want to skim fat. If I have time, I put whatever it is in the freezer, the refrigerator, and the fat actually gets like hard and cold and floats to the top of your soup. So then you just take a a spoon and you like scrape all that fat off. Super easy. Okay. If you don't have time for that, you might have to use a ladle and like kind of skim the food, the fat off the top, and you end up wasting some soup. But I mean, you know, if that's what you, you gotta, do, you gotta clean it. You gotta get mm-hmm. the soul out. It. Yeah, at this point, taste it. You know, taste your broth. It should be seasoned kind of like to where you want it, with salt and pepper. Wise, you're gonna add your carrot, potato, cabbage, corn. You're gonna cover and simmer that until the vegetables are all tender. Um, yeah, like all these vegetables kind of take about the same amount of time to cook. You know, I'd say. Um, Depending on how big you cut them, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like a like a like a potato cooks a little faster than a carrot, but it just also depends on how like soft you want your carrots. The cabbage cooks very fast too. Um, the corn, the corn, the corn, and probably the carrot are gonna take about the same kind of amount of cooking time. Mm-hmm. So you simmer that. You add your you add your herbs, um, and then you add your meat back into the pot after the vegetables are ready. Mm-hmm. And, you know, taste it with a spoon and season that out with some oregano and salt and pepper okay. until it tastes like every other caldo there is in the world. <laughs> until it tastes exactly like, like everybody else's. Mm-hmm. Delicious. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, where are we at? All right. We definitely good. So thank you, everybody, for joining us today in our trip into Caldo de Res. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me, my name is Manny Grins on Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, and Twitch. And I am Sakasal on Instagram, as well as Chef Sakasal on Instagram. And our podcast Instagram is Get Soup Boys. Our Twitter is also Get Soup Boys. And you can send an email to GetSoupBoys at gmail.com. You can also send us a message through Anchor, where you can talk to us about uh, how many soup soles you have cleaned from your soup stock. Uh, that can be sent to anchor.fm forward slash soup boys. 
Before we go, one more shout out to Sal's band, Good Time Girl, for, provide, for providing the intro and outro music to this podcast. That is Dare to Be Cool off of the Titles album. You can find that anywhere you download music. Sal, what's keeping you warm this week? Man, what's keeping me warm this week is that uh, you can buy Plan B and TJ for $10. Hell yeah. And what's keeping you warm this week? I'm sorry. And what's keeping you warm this week, Manny? Uh, I'm learning some new editing software on my computer through some friends I made in VR chat. They're very nice people, and they're giving me step-by-step -step editing instructions. So it's very oh. fun. I'm pretty happy with that. Have they heard any? Have any of your VR homies heard our podcast? Actually, shout outs! Shout outs to any VR friends that have listened to us. I don't think so. Uh, in any reality that you are in, you can listen outs, to our podcast in virtual reality. Shout outs you? to you, uh, Space Dandy. Shout outs to you, the Rev, for uh, helping me out with this editing software. I appreciate hey, it. Space Dandy. It's also a good anime. Um, all right, everybody. Peace out. Peace. Emotional. Very cool.